0: Hello and welcome to the How BJJ Works podcast, the podcast where we do a deep dive and explore a concept or topic that was covered in the weekly blog post on the website. My name is Justin and I am your host. I'm a three-stripe purple belt who's been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven years. This podcast is mostly targeted at newcomers to BJJ or those who are curious about the sport and would like to learn more before taking the plunge. That being said, all are welcome. If you've been training for a while but just like to listen to people talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, please take a seat and stay a while. Today's episode is what to expect the day after your first BJJ class. This is part six of the seven-step beginner's guide. And we're going to talk about what to expect both after your first class and just in general, once you get started down this pathway uh, to (laughs) have your life completely consumed by jiu-jitsu. Additionally, I think we're going to combine part six and part seven of the seventh step guide on the website. They're definitely the shortest parts and I think it just makes a lot of sense to combine them. So I think I'm gonna condense this into five different points for today. And that's going to be your desire to talk uh, about the sport with everyone you meet pretty much. Number two, how exhausting the sport can be. Number three, how sore you're gonna be. Number four, things that can help with the exhaustion and the soreness. And then number five, uh, laundry is going to pretty much be your life. So get used to it. We'll talk a little bit about what can make that easier. So, number one is going to be your desire to talk about jujitsu with everyone you ever come across for the rest of your life. I'm sorry, this is just going to be a fact of life. You're probably going to get super addicted. If you're listening to the, this podcast, it means you're already probably super addicted. And uh, it, the people around you are just going to have to deal with it to a certain extent. But I would urge you to just not over-talk about jiu-jitsu. Uh, for the most part, people just don't care. And it's probably going to feel like the most important thing to you, the most wonderful discovery you've ever made in your life, or at least that's how it was for me. But it's going to be very difficult to convince other people of how great it is. And it kind of has to be one of those things where you just don't over-talk about it. And if somebody does show interest, then you just give them little bits and pieces. And then eventually, if they do want to come check it out, then they will. And uh, make it happen organically. Don't try to force it. So I'm going to break it down by a couple categories. The first is your friends and family. So these are especially really important relationships to not discuss too much with. Um, So just, you know, if they don't know that you started, let them know, hey, I'm trying this new thing. Uh, It's pretty cool. You know, here's kind of what it's like. You know, I'm pretty stoked. The first reaction they're going to have is probably something along the lines of, oh, let's see if they stick with it. That might come across as kind of skeptical, and maybe that won't be your experience. Maybe people will be really excited for you. But in general, whenever somebody tries something new, you know, you're first going to check to see if they're still doing it in a couple weeks. So once you've been going for a few months, you know, and people are continuing to ask, oh, hey, how's that jujitsu thing going? Oh, yeah, it's going really well, you know, going a couple times a week. It's still really fun you know after you've kind of been going a little while they may actually start to ask some follow-up questions like hey what is it again and is it like karate or what do you guys do why do you wear those weird geese and so you can then start to answer some more questions and maybe they might have a little more interest once you've been going for a while once you've proven that you're sticking with it but don't be that guy who's always uh, trying to make every argument or every conversation about oh well you know if you disagree with me on this, like let's wrestle to decide, you know, <laughs> what the best movie of all time is, or where we're going to dinner, or whatever. Don't be that guy, you know. Don't be that dude at the party who every time you get a couple beers in them, you're like, hey, let's roll, man. Like, let, let's wrestle. Let's go in the backyard. Like, that's just a, it's a dick thing to do. So don't be that guy. Okay, you're not gonna win any friends, and if you do, uh, they're probably not the people you want to hang out with, and you're probably going to end up hurting someone, if not yourself. Now there is a caveat here, well, a couple. The first I want to say is, if you if all of your friends are jujitsu people, then that that's kind of like a natural evolution of a party. <laughs> it seems like after usually people get a few beers and then uh, usually the mats get pulled out or or a space gets cleared in the living room. Uh, that might just end up happening. Uh, but if you're hanging out with people who aren't doing martial arts or jujitsu or whatever on a regular basis, um, try not to instigate that and or hurt someone. Okay, so the other caveat here, and this might be a rather unique situation, I'm not sure, um, but a few years ago, I had a yearly tradition of going to kind of a weekend party with a bunch of guys, a lot of testosterone flying around. Sometimes people would uh, start to get a little, little restless, a little bored, and uh, tempers might flare, um, personalities might clash. And it occurred to me one night that I'm just going to pull a few of these guys into the living room and we're just going to wrestle. And I felt pretty confident in doing this because a couple of the guys actually had trained a little bit. And so I didn't feel like I was taking advantage of the situation. And I thought that maybe it would benefit the life of the party and kind of the guys weekend if we got a little bit of the restlessness out (laughs) out of the room. And it ended up working really well. And I knew enough at that point to keep everyone safe, Uh, no one got hurt, and it was an interesting display, I think it actually helped kind of show some of the people, like, oh wow, like this actually works, and he does know what he's talking about, and he can actually do this stuff, and maybe also showed them that you kind of do have to be training for a little bit more than a few classes to kind of be able to say that you know what you're doing, and and it did really help also kind of clear the air sort of everyone after that was getting along a lot better than they were before with one another. And I think it really helped sort of negate some of that restless energy that can happen when you get a bunch of guys holed up in a house for a few days and all they're doing is just drinking and eating. Um, <laughs> so that might be a really specific situation. You're Maybe you'll come across that. I'm not sure, but. Just in general, I think that you may want to avoid situations where you are trying to get your friends who don't train to wrestle and roll with you uh, outside of the gym situation. So, aside from those situations, uh, I would just suggest that you give little bits and pieces to your friends and family. Um, your coworkers also fall into this category. You know, if somebody asks how it's going, just tell them, keep it to a couple minutes. Don't overshare, don't overtalk about it. I know I was really excited to talk about this stuff when I first started, and I'm pretty sure I drove my friends and family just bonkers as I would just not shut up about this stuff. And just try to give them bits and pieces. And over time, they're probably going to show a bit more interest. Um, one thing that I found really helpful as well was when I started competing and inviting people to come watch. Um, the people who were interested were totally down to come check it out. And at that point, either they were like, wow, this is really cool. I want to give it a try or they were like, nah, it's not for me. You could also see if they wanted to watch an event with you, maybe like a Metamorous or Polaris or whatever is kind of the hot pay-per-view event at this point in time that you're listening to this uh, or for your area. And just to talk a little bit more about the coworker thing, I actually have had a couple coworkers try it out, but it's one of those things where it literally took years of me just kind of giving little bits and pieces, and they would ask every once in a while, and then it'd be like, hey, I'm competing, you know, if anybody wants to come watch, or somebody would notice that I wasn't eating as much during a company party, and they might inquire about that, be like, oh, well, I'm cutting weight, you know, for competition coming up, and then that's another opportunity to talk a little bit more about it as they, if they ask questions. Um, so, with a one particular coworker, after a couple of years of little bits and pieces, finally they were like, "Man, you know, I I wouldn't mind trying it. It kind of sounds fun." Um, and I actually have another coworker who is going with me um, in a couple of days, so that's kind of exciting as well. And just little relationships over the course of my life, uh, whether it's friends, family, coworkers, they've all, uh, well, not all, but in all those categories, a few of them have expressed interest and of those people who've expressed interest a few of them have ended up going actually to try it none of them have ended up sticking with it i think a lot of that comes down to time and cost and just the order of priorities for a lot of people Um, so it does you know take a very specific type of person to end up getting just as addicted as you are probably Um, but if nothing else they may end up kind of seeing what it's all about and maybe having a bit more if not respect then maybe appreciation for what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're spending all your time pursuing and this is just another way for somebody to get to know you a little bit more um, to get to know your, your interests the same way that you want to get to know your friends and family and coworkers' interests as well Probably maybe you maybe you don't um, but usually when there's some kind of a relationship there, Uh, there's reciprocation, so perhaps you've um, expressed interest in some of the things that the people you know do, and this is just one more way that you can get to know each other better. There is one person that I have specifically been leaving out to this point, and that is if you have a significant other or others, this is a little bit different for them, (laughs) and you can probably hear me smiling because I'm just thinking of my poor wife. Uh, She just always gets to hear about jujitsu, and so we talked about not to overshare with friends family coworkers. sorry significant other you get to hear it all and this is the one person that you can pretty much talk non-stop to uh, whether or not they want to listen to it isn't really part of the deal uh, because the best part about a significant other is that they kind of just have to hear about everything that's going on in your life um, or at least if you're Kind of open communicator style relationship, then that's the way it is. Yeah, don't hold anything back with this person. Just unload it all, and uh, because they're probably doing the same thing to you. (laughs) That's usually how a relationship is going to go. If you can, try to drag them to jujitsu, you know. Um, (laughs) If they absolutely want nothing to do with it, that's understandable as well. But sometimes they might want to. And as it happens, uh, my wife does do a little bit of training she was pretty into it for about six months Um, ended up kind of taking a break and then she just comes back every month or so and just jumps in for a class Um, she does enjoy it but again kind of like what we talked about with other people you know time priority you know blah 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 blah, blah. she just has other things she'd rather be doing Um, but she does enjoy it and so it's nice whenever there's an event on that I want to watch a pay-per-view event sometimes she's down and uh and she can at least you know she knows enough to follow along and that's really fun to have somebody like that and that's another reason to kind of adopt all these people in slowly is that even if they never get super into it um if they just know a little bit that can be really fun to have people to watch these uh competitions with or go to you to competition or um even if you're not competing and just have people company with you you know uh, all the relationships that you make inside the gym are going to be great, um, but sometimes you can't replace those people you know, that you've grown up with, that you've had long-term relationships with outside of the gym. And so I think that's an important thing to cover because you may be tempted to replace a lot of your friendships and relationships with people inside the gym if you get super addicted to this lifestyle, the jujitsu lifestyle. It might be tempting to kind of write off anyone who isn't involved in the sport But I would urge you to be careful with that line of thinking. Uh, I have fallen into that line of thinking at times, and I've seen other people do that as well. And maybe that ends up working for you, and maybe it doesn't. Um, But just consider that there's value in relationships outside of the gym as well. Moving on to number two, how exhausting the sport can be. Couple key points here I wanted to talk about. The first is make sure you're getting enough sleep. I'm sure you've heard that over and over again all through your life, so I'm not going to talk too much about that. But I will just say that, boy, do I notice when I'm not getting enough sleep. It happened just last night. I felt like garbage when I woke up this morning. I rolled really hard last night, got in pretty late, Uh, stayed up too late eating dinner, and um, I'm kind of addicted to Westworld right now, so I stayed up kind of late watching an episode of that. But, you know, then I paid the price this morning when I woke up, and I've just been dragging my feet all day. It's been a little difficult at work to get things done. But as I'm sure you've discovered, you still got to do them. And uh, regardless of how tired or sore you are from jujitsu. So just make sure you're getting enough sleep to really make sure you can counterbalance that. Another thing that um, I have definitely made the mistake on is not letting myself have enough rest days. And that's going to be different for everyone, just like the number of hours of sleep that you need. But make sure that you are incorporating a rest day into your schedule. And this one is something that I've really struggled with because I never know, you know, what exactly is going to be too much. Um, Overtraining is one of those things that just takes a ton of trial and error. And rest days aren't always just days where you don't do anything. And this is one of the things that I've really tried to figure out through my jujitsu journey is what can I do on a quote-unquote rest day that will still give me some sort of movement that will still allow me to keep the blood flowing and not get you know stiff Um, but it it won't be too much to wear down my body and kind of fall into that overtraining category and this is something that I'm actually still trying to figure out I mean over seven years now and I'm probably not even close to figuring it out and it changes as you uh, kind of fluctuate with what your body is adapted to and and able to do and probably has a lot to do with your background as well, you know, how much activity you had before you came to JITS. So just keep in mind that there's no formula for this and you're going to have to figure it out, um, but keep trying and, uh, and just don't over train so that you're not injured all the time because that sucks if you can't be on the mat training, you know, so it pays to have a little rest days. Along the same lines is doing complementary activities that will help. An example of this is lifting weights or doing yoga or swimming, or walking, or sprinting, or doing hills, or whatever it ends up being. Some people like a more cardio-type activity. Other people enjoy more strength training. Um, Sometimes, for some people, they want the sprints. Other people want the endurance. It really depends on what you're already getting from Jiu-Jitsu and what you feel like it needs. But I would just like to say that you're probably imbalanced in if you're only doing jujitsu, there's going to be muscle imbalances there. And this is not my area of expertise. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physiologist or whatever. So don't take this as medical advice in any kind of way. You know, talk to a doctor if you have specific questions, but just know that if you're only doing jujitsu, there are groups of muscles likely that aren't getting worked. But even if you feel like you are getting stronger and getting more flexible from jujitsu, that's probably true. But just know that flexibility for jujitsu does not necessarily translate to flexibility in all aspects of life and likewise strength in jujitsu does not always translate to strength outside of jujitsu as well additionally i noticed that once i started adding in weightlifting just very low amounts of weights once i started adding that in my joints and my structure just felt so much better oh my gosh i can't even describe it i also noticed i was getting injured a lot less And I would be curious to know if that is just my feeling or if that's true. I'm pretty sure that once I started adding in weightlifting, I'm trying to think back, I've only got injured once or twice since then, and it's all been just really random stuff. One was like in my wrist or something. And yeah, no, I, I don't think that I've really had any kind of knee or elbow or shoulder injury since I added in some of those compound lifts. It's hard to know how much of that is just, kind of anecdotal or survivorship bias or anything like that or you just get better at staying safe you know it's really hard to know kind of how much of that is actually attributed to lifting weights um, but I just I just feel better and I think that's one of the things that is actually really important in the sport is just feeling like you're getting stronger or feeling strong feeling safe I remember when I first started training I felt so unsafe during takedowns, specifically. It just felt like every single time I got taken down, I was gonna get injured. And just as you get better at falling, you get better at knowing kinda of what kind of takedowns are coming. And with submissions, you know when to tap now. So I kinda of wonder whether or not it's more just an overall knowledge increase, or maybe a combination of all of that, probably. But regardless, I would just like to say that when I started adding in weightlifting, I just I felt a lot better when I went to my jujitsu classes as long as you're not lifting too much right you will hear people talk about that where if you uh, lift too hard then you go to roll and you're too tired so you know there's a balance there and it doesn't have to be weightlifting. some people prefer yoga like I said there's lots of different things you can do number three was how sore you're going to be so the the most common thing here is going to be jits ribs what people call jits ribs So that is, essentially your ribs are going to be very tender, probably from people your same size or bigger than you uh, (laughs) crushing you as you are on bottom, because you're probably going to spend a lot of time from the bottom positions when you're first starting out on defense. And people who aren't used to these kinds of pressures can have a lot of issues. I know I certainly did when I first started. It was very painful. I remember it took a few weeks for my ribs to kind of get adjusted to that kind of constant pressure. And I also had uh, a number of instances where I had dislocated ribs, and that was not fun. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) if you're having rib issues, uh, give it some time, and also don't try to do too much too soon. Um, And especially if you have a dislocated rib, make sure you go to a doctor, make sure you give it the time it needs to heal... Um, I still have a rib that did not fuse properly um, because I kept going to jiu-jitsu and it kept popping out. And, uh, and it did fuse eventually, but there's this very large lump where it didn't connect properly. So if you are having rib issues, make sure you take care of them. <laughs> Please do that. The other thing you might encounter are pulled muscles. And this can just be as simple as making sure that you're stretching before and after class and you're taking care of yourself but it could just be as your body adjusts to various positions. I still get some cramping some some muscle issues when I'm doing a lot of triangle type things. I've always had um, some issues with my calves and I've noticed that that's one thing that uh, weightlifting does tend to help with as well. This kind of gets back to those muscle imbalances. So if you're noticing that one particular activity or one technique is causing you some issues within your muscles or if you're noticing that you're always pulling your leg or whatever, kind of pay attention to that stuff and see if there's ways that you can help to complement that or make those areas stronger. It could just be an issue of needing to keep rolling and get stronger naturally that will come with just training more. It could be an issue where you need to go see a physical therapist and figure out how to balance out some of those muscular imbalances. In terms of moving on to number four, things to help with the soreness and exhaustion. Um, We already covered stretching. You know, some people like yoga. Some people want to just stretch at home. Um, I prefer to do just a little bit of stretching before and after class. And then I also do stretches throughout the day, uh, like at work or at home. And I find that to be extremely helpful. I've gotten really serious about my stretching in the last three or four months. And it has helped tremendously. I would say the most notable thing that I have felt is um, my neck doesn't get as sore as it used to and my legs have not been getting as sore and I would especially feel those items around my knees and it's kind of interesting just to kind of feel the difference of having that lack of of, uh, knee tenderness um, kind of on the inside and outside of the knees once I started doing a lot more stretching I noticed that has gone away significantly but again, it's all going to be you know specific to you and what you need. And you know, if you have any question, make sure you're going to see a doctor, or a physical therapist, or those kind of things. You don't want to just lean on somebody else's anecdotal evidence, you know, for these kinds of things. Other things that can help using ice, uh, ice packs. I'll oftentimes ice my joints, uh, especially after a really intense rolling session when I get home and I'm eating dinner. Um, the other thing I love to do is take baths. Oh my gosh, feels so good and i love hot tubs i love hot springs i love baths of any kind um i haven't really ever noticed a difference when i use epsom salt in a bath you know people claim that that's a miracle worker i can't tell the difference i just like baths nice and relaxing sometimes all you just need to do is relax your muscles and that can be a great thing to do on a rest day Uh, similarly is the sauna i uh, used to go to a gym that had a sauna that was amazing go into the sauna after class do some stretching in there or just lay down and enjoy it you know that can be fantastic and then take a cold shower afterwards so whatever you're doing just make sure that you have some kind of recovery process in place that is helping with the soreness that you're undoubtedly going to be feeling and last but not least is number five Laundry will be your life. <laughs> and it's so true. I do so much laundry. uh not only are you gonna have your you know regular clothes that you wear, but you're also gonna have tons of geese and rash guards and compression shorts and belts, especially if you're gonna have multiple geese, which I would highly recommend having multiple pairs of uniforms so that you're able to just grab a fresh pair, you know, if you just need to run out the door and go to class but you're going to want to make sure you're staying on top of your laundry. And that's going to wrap it up for the list today. So let me know if I missed anything. You can always go to the website and let us know, howbjjworks.com. There should be articles if you want to read the text version of any of the podcasts. Usually I do the article first, and then I reference it for the podcast. So if you want to hear a different topic, also go to the website and let me know. Again, that's howbjjworks.com. Let us know. Thanks for sticking around and listening. This concludes our podcast, but I appreciate you sticking around for the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed yourself and please leave a review or send me a message to let me know what you thought in order to make ends meet. I do sell ad space on the website. I also promote affiliate links to products that I think are worth endorsing and accept donations through Patreon. If you ever want to contribute, your support is greatly appreciated, but don't feel pressured to give anything that you can't afford to anyone ever until next time. Tap early, train often, and most importantly, have fun.